Hello, everyone. This is Brittany, and we are on episode 60, an interview with Tasha Harris, a confidence and mindset coach. We're going to go over the steps that led her from a corporate job she should have loved into a life she truly does love and feels very aligned with. Welcome to the Know, Like, and Trust show with Brittany Gardner, the podcast where we explore the world of personal branding and how to build your know, like, and trust factor up for ultimate business success. And now here's your host, Brittany Gardner. All right, everyone, we are here with Tasha. Tasha, thank you so much for coming on the Know, Like, and Trust show. Absolutely. I'm so excited to be here. Well, for everyone who is listening, I just want to let you know, this is kind of a new thing for me. When I launched season two, I wanted to have a different way of inviting guests into the show. So I actually put it out on my Instagram feed or stories more likely and asked people if they had any recommendations for a confidence coach. And Tasha's name actually came up first. So I looked into her got a really nice recommendation, had a really great interaction with her. And now here she is. Here we are. (laughs) So everyone, I want to really address the topic of being seen. It's one of the first things people say to me in response to, well, you're going to need to show up consistently. And they're like, ah, And we kind of move on from there, of course, but I am not a mindset coach. I am not someone who delves into the nitty gritty of building confidence. And there are people much more adept at this than me. And Tasha is one of them. So Tasha, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background and history and how you got to this place? Absolutely. I was a basketball player in college and it really, it ruled my life. You know, that's what I I breathed and slept basketball. And I had the opportunity to play overseas for a few years right after graduating, which was amazing. And then I got to a point where I was too injured to keep playing. And for the first time in my life, I lost my identity. I lost my confidence. I didn't know who I was when I wasn't a basketball player. I didn't know how people thought of me. Um, I didn't know what I was good at or what I should be doing. And so I went, I moved to Southern California. I went to school. I went back to school and got my doctorate in leadership. And from there, I did some leadership coaching. I worked at a couple of really large corporations and just decided that I was meant for more and I needed to help other women. And through that process, I, you know, got my confidence back. I found out what made me unique and I wanted to help other women step into their power and truly manifest their dreams. And it's hard to do that if you don't believe in yourself or love yourself. And so that is really how I came to be here. Wow. That's great. So I read on your website that there was a moment when you pulled into the parking garage at your job and you just burst into uncontrollable sobbing tears. So how did you get from those deep gut-wrenching feelings to the place of, I probably need to make a change to then making that change and moving from there? I was at the time working for my quote unquote dream job. It was, I, you know, I had to almost sell a kidney to get a foot in the door there. And I finally did. And it was, I was supposed to be happy. And as women, so many times we're like, well, I should just be happy. Like I should be happy where I am. And I should be thankful that I have this. And, and honestly, that moment was one of the pivotal moments in my life because 
I was like, why do I feel so bad? Why am I crying hysterically? Why do I work at a place that I literally don't even want to go inside? And the shift for me in that moment was that I was more afraid to stay where I was than I was to actually try something new and fail. So it took for me getting to that point where I was like, you know, I have two options. I either stay stuck and miserable or I try and fail, but at least I know that I tried. And so that was the first kind of shift I had to make is like deciding. And that's what I tell everyone with everything. The first thing you have to do when you are making a change is to decide. You have to make the decision that you are going to make the change. From there, I really found out what made me unique and what my superpowers were because there's nothing like feeling confident when you're doing something you love and something you're good at, something that you know you were meant to do. And so I went through this kind of process. I call it like a journey of, of a thousand podcasts, honestly, because there's such good stuff on podcasts. And I just got deeper and deeper and went down the rabbit hole. And I took some time with myself. I'm like, what does make me unique? What can I help other people with? And so it was the deciding I wanted to change and then finding out what made me unique and how I could use that to serve other people. I am 100% in favor of that. So many of the, the women I've worked with, they know deep down what makes them unique, but really claiming it is kind of a separate issue. And I love watching that transformation because it's, it's just it's like this effervescent moment when yeah. you see the look across someone's face. So what was that like for you when you really figured out your sweet spot? So I think the first thing that kind of gave me the confidence to lean into those strengths was, I don't know if it was Gary Vee, but he was talking about the, the chances that you were born, right? Like one in 400 billion or something like that. And really we're all so unique. Like when you realize that no one else can do what you do the exact way that you do it, that's huge. And so that's what kind of gave me the confidence to just like oh, wow, like I am special, right? I can do this. And of course I had several moments along the way where I was crying and eating ice cream, like, what am I doing? I can't do this. But that was really kind of the, one of the shifts is like knowing that I did have something, um, believing that I had something that made me unique. And then the process of the shift, you know, I think, I think it goes back to that visibility piece that we were talking about, because even if you know what makes you feel good and what lights you up and what you're good at and what your superpowers are, actually using that to help other people or to, to step into your power is really difficult. And so something that I, that I like to tell myself or that I think of is that by not being who I was meant to be, by not using my unique skills, by not stepping into my power, I am doing everyone else who needs me a disservice. And kind of taking myself out of it, like when you take yourself out of it and you're not worried about who's looking at me, who's judging me, and worry about who you're supposed to be helping and how much they need you, that made all the difference for me because it took the focus off myself and I put it on other people, the people that I wanted to serve. Oh, that's great. So instead of worrying about how it's going to look for you to do something, you worry about the effect it would have if you don't do it at all. And if that person doesn't receive the help or the transformation or service that you provide. Exactly. And that's, I use that too, like kind of um, acts of service when you're sort of feeling in your feelings. Like when you take the focus off yourself, 
then you're not worried about who's judging you or who's, you know, being visible or any of that stuff. You're just, you're worried about something that's bigger than yourself. So something I've heard in an entirely different arena, but I think it applies here (laughs) is that when someone in your situation, you, you have a dream job and then you decide to strike it out on your own doing something completely different. And I would imagine there were a few, let's call them well-meaning friends or family who were like, Tasha, what are you doing? And, you know, maybe they didn't express it in, in such an outright way. Maybe it was like little digs, like, well, if you're sure you want to do that or, or things like that, you know, there's, there's so many, you know, the death by a thousand paper cuts, right? Things like that, that people around us do that can chip away at that confidence. So when you have the ability to set that aside and then focus on who you're helping, I think it's an easy way to get past all those things that keep coming at us as we are in the process when we haven't yet reached the other side and have all the success that we are working towards, but we're in the process. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you know, one, just understanding that you and only you are responsible for your happiness. And sometimes you just have to do the unpopular thing and kind of go for it. But then also finding people that support you, finding people that are there for you, that want you to pursue something different or want you to be happy. So it's not, you know, it's taking what people say with a grain of salt, but then also making sure that you do have a support system because it is hard making any shift. And so you definitely want to make sure that you have people that are in your corner. Excellent. So let's make a little shift ourselves and move into the topic of being seen and specifically being seen in your business, on your website, in photographs, in video, on Facebook lives, on Instagram stories, all of the different ways the modern online entrepreneur is almost expected to show up in. And I'm sure that you can build a really well-defined strategy without covering every one of those bases, but to ignore them all would be, well, it would be an interesting journey. We'll put it that way. So, (laughs) So what would you tell someone who is passionate about her business? She does know where her strengths are. She knows what lights are up. Yeah. And she still isn't able to get over that first hurdle, which is pressing the live button. There's a couple of things for this. So I guess I'll start with the practical piece first. You gain confidence by doing. And honestly, you just have to press it. And I remember I used to be terrified to show up on Instagram stories, like not even a live video. I would just be like, oh my gosh, I hate this. (laughs) Or to do an IG live. And honestly, just did it. I just made a commitment to show up every single day. And I sometimes I wouldn't go back and listen to the videos after I did them. I just was like, okay, I did it. I'm putting it out there. There's no take backs, right? (laughs) So I would definitely say you can only get better at something or be more confident in something by practicing it and by doing it. So that's the practical thing. So I would start off doing something small. Like uh, when I was first doing lives on Facebook, I made a commitment to do seven days live and I just kind of put it out and I was like, no matter what, you know, come hell or high water, I'm going on here live for seven days. So, you know, that might be a little bit long, but maybe if it's just three days, you commit to showing up on video and practicing. The other piece is, you know, we get worried about people judging us and we think we're not good enough. Two things here, everyone starts from somewhere. Even the biggest name people that you're watching or entrepreneurs or whatever, 
they started just as afraid as you did. And it seems like they're not scared now. And it seems like, you know, they have everything perfect, but literally everyone starts afraid to show up. So hopefully that can provide you some comfort that like, you're not alone. You, there's other people that feel that way. So the other thing I would say about that is that people that are doing more than you will never judge you. It's the people that are doing less than you that are maybe haven't been brave enough to take your step, right? Haven't been brave enough to go out there and go for their dreams and show up for people. Those are the people that are saying something and those people don't matter. So know that like you are doing something for yourself and you're doing it for the people that you serve and that's it. And then from a mindset standpoint on showing up, knowing that vulnerability is king in this industry in an online industry, because by you sharing your story, you're giving other people permission to be themselves and to share their story. And that is how people relate to you. So by doing that, you have no idea who you're helping. And that is what helps me show up. I'm like, you know, somebody needs to hear this today. Somebody needs, you know, somebody can relate to this. And so that would be the mindset shift I would make. It's like that meme that started going around maybe a month ago, two months ago. I don't know who needs to read this right now, but your reheated coffee sitting in the microwave. (laughs) That's the one I saw the most often. And then, you know, I saw a whole bunch of other versions of that, which, you know, they took on a life of their own, of course. Yes, yes. (laughs) But I want to backtrack just a little bit because you touched on something that I think is really important and probably needs to be said about a thousand more times, though we will not cover all of those right here. Uh, which is the people who are judging you are not the ones who are are past you or advanced. They're the ones who haven't taken even, you know, the first of the 10 steps that you've already taken. And I think that's really important because there's always going to be critics. There's always going to be bullies and there's always going to be those people we assume are judging us. But I think sometimes they might just be noticing us and, you know, the insecure amongst them will probably have something negative to say. Of course, we've all been there, right? But I think the rest of the people out there, they're just noticing what we're doing. And and maybe they hear a little flub in your voice. Maybe they see a typo in your post. Maybe all of that. Probably, actually. They definitely do, yes. (laughs) But they're not judging you because they've, they've done it themselves. And they at least respect your trying attitude. And I think that's something that people really need to remember as well. Absolutely. And we're human. You know, I make a mistake in my post and I'm like, oh, ignore the typo. Like, I think, you know, nobody's expecting you to be perfect. They're expecting you to be you, like perfectly you and to show up as a human being. And so I think we get in this perfectionist mentality or we, and I think you brought up a good point. We think people are judging us and they might not be like a lot of this stuff we just create in our heads. And so just giving ourselves grace and just showing up despite our fears. Awesome. So let's move on in your story a little bit. I know we jumped around a little bit here, but you left the dream job. You struck it out on your own. You got so uncomfortable staying the way you were that you were willing to make some changes. And that's the first big step. And for any entrepreneurial journey, there are a lot more steps beyond that. What would you say was the next really big step that you needed to make some mental shifts around? When I left my job, I basically figured out, I did the practical stuff. How much do I need to survive on? How many clients per month do I need? Good stuff. But for me, I felt like I was doing the hokey pokey with my business, right? (laughs) Like I was like one foot in, one foot out. And like, 
I just wasn't fully committed to it because I knew I had consistency. And so the big, big step for me was Napoleon Hill talks about this in his book, Think and Grow Rich, but I, I burned my ships. I didn't give myself an option. There was no other option. There was no going back. This had to work. And that was fully committing to my dream. That was the biggest step for me. I actually have just finished reading that book for the second time now. And it's funny how the things that you didn't notice the first time really strike a chord the second time when you read a book, because I noticed that analogy <laughs> really hardcore this time. And it was, it's funny because I've heard the, the story multiple times in various contexts. I've heard it at conferences. I've heard it, you know, at, um, you know, history classes, all, all the different things, but it's only when you really need to hear the lesson that you finally finally see it, right? Absolutely. And now you're making me want to read this book again because I know there's so much goodness in there. Yeah, I, I kind of want to do a whole like book study group on it because there's there's parts of the book where I'm like, that seems important, but I'm not there yet. Yeah. I'd love to just get everyone else's. Yeah. Anyway, that's a whole topic. For yeah. Another, but <laughs> speaking of books, what other people or authors have you along your journey really felt struck by or, or that you just really want to share with more people because it did have an impact on you? Yeah, there's quite a few. So the teachings of Abraham by Esther and Jerry Hicks, I kind of love anything they put out. So yeah. So that book, Get Rich Lucky Bitch by Denise Thomas Duffield. I love that because not only is it about manifesting, but there's so much good confidence pieces in there, loving your body, you know, healing, all of that stuff. So definitely love that. I love Jen Sincero, as cliche as it might be. I love You Are a Badass. I, it gets me motivated every time I read anything out of there. Those authors specifically have definitely resonated strongly with me and my journey. So where would you say you are today in your journey? So we've covered a few of the first hurdles that you went through. Where would you say you're sitting with yourself today? One of my values is inner harmony. And I would say I am feeling very aligned right now, which is amazing. And something, so Sarah Prout is another one I did not mention. And she has her uh, best selling book out called Dear Universe. But just recently I heard her speak and she was talking about divine timing and then feeling happy even when you haven't seen the results yet. And so those are two things I've really been focused on. So in my journey now, I would just say I feel very aligned. I know where I'm going. I know what I want to be doing. I have my business plan. Everything just feels really good for me right now. And then I'm moving to Europe for six months. So that is definitely a huge life change. Yeah, just, just a little thing, right? <laughs> yeah, just a small, like minor thing. Maybe making me crazy. I don't know. <laughs> what led to that decision? So I... I wanted to start a business that I could take anywhere with me because my partner plays basketball and is constantly traveling different states. And I was just sick of missing moments. And so I wanted to create freedom for myself, location, time, financial, all of that stuff. And so this is what, uh, that's why I started in the first place, but I'm going out there because of a basketball contract, essentially. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. I found this quote on Instagram a little while ago. It's from the account at A Message of Love. And these are all quotes from S.G. Reddy, a self-help and spiritual writer. 
It says what a lack of confidence means. True confidence is the direct result of aligning with your best self and becoming aware of your true nature. It is a reflection of self-love and self-acceptance. A lack of confidence, therefore, isn't a lack of self-belief. It is a lack of awareness of who you really are and a lack of self-love or self-acceptance. It is what happens when you're unaware of or currently not aligning with the power, purpose, and greatness that is within you. Oh my gosh. That just fed my soul. Cool. (laughs) Yes. So I read it and I was, you know, it was like one of those things. It's it's meaty. You have to sit with it. You can't just be like, oh yeah, that's great. I can totally repeat it off the, off the fly here. Yeah. I love it because I think we all meet people in our day-to-day lives that for some reason or another are not pursuing their dreams. They know what they want to do. They may even have all of the steps laid out in front of them in the best plan ever, but they're not taking that first step. Maybe they're not even taking it like a prerequisite of a step that they need to, to hit the plan. And even though they know it's what they want, they're not doing it. And I've always wondered about those people because I've got many flaws, but sitting in inaction is rarely one of them. And of all the things I've done, there are a few I regret. So I always feel like, why not just keep doing what I want to do? And, and sometimes it seems a bit impetuous, sometimes not. But ultimately, I've always had this misunderstanding about the people who don't take action, about the people who sit there. And, you know, it's so funny because, you know, we're, we always end up being with somebody who's not quite the same as this. And and I've always had this kind of running joke that if I go into Target with a list of three things to buy, I go in, I'm out in 10 minutes, 12 if I had a really long line. More power to you. <laughs> and then there's my husband. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and my husband goes into Target with a list of three items. He goes down each and every aisle. He texts me pictures of things we might need. <laughs> he strikes up 17 conversations. Only two of them are with Target employees. Somehow he right. manages to stop other people in their travels and talk to them too. <laughs> I'm with someone who's, who's my opposite in, in many, many ways. But the other thing he does, which has always just irked me to no end, and he totally knows I say this about him, so we're cool. But he researches everything to death. And... If I ask him to buy something, he will go hit the review sites, he'll do all the stuff. And then once he finally settles on the model he wants, then we have to price shop everywhere. And yeah, I just like, can you just buy the thing already? Can you just make a decision and be done with it? <laughs> yeah. And, and I've always really struggled with this because it's, it's just not in my nature. So, so people who don't take action or people who, who struggle with confidence, according to this quote, it's that there's an unawareness of who they really are and they're not fully self-accepting. And then I like to throw in yet because I think everyone can grow into that. Absolutely. It, it honestly comes down to one, not loving yourself enough to go after what you want and not believing that you deserve it. That's mostly what holds people back. They do not think that they are worthy of having their desires. And so they just stay there. And especially women, it's like I was saying earlier, it's like, oh, I should just be happy. You know, I've had clients that literally are miserable. I should be happy. I have a good job. I have insurance. I, what I, you know, and we just don't go for it because we don't believe we're worthy of it. We don't think it's possible for us and we don't love ourselves enough to go after what we want. Exactly. 
Well, I think that's a really great place to kind of segue into the next area. You have a program that you're launching or just launched? Yes, 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 yes. Just Why don't you tell us a little about it? Yeah. So my program is called Conscious Creator and it is for high achieving women who are looking to co-create with the universe and manifest their dream life. So it's really geared for women who are feeling stuck and they need clarity on, you know, who they are. They need that awareness of who they are. They need to work past some icky stuff, some fear, some limiting beliefs, and kind of get that, get all the stuff that's self-sabotaging them that they're not even aware of sort of out of the way. And then step into their power, increase their confidence and, you know, have a plan, an action plan. And, you know, I always talk about inspired action, just wishing and hoping is not going to do it, but have an inspired action plan to actually go after what they want. And I love that you put the word co-create in there. I think there's so much power there. Yeah. I'm sure that was done intentionally. Maybe. (laughs) Just a little. (laughs) Just a little bit. (laughs) Well, very cool. How can we find out more about Conscious Creator? Yeah, just go to my Instagram. It's Tasha Marie Coaching. And all the info you need is on there. And I would love to talk with anyone who's interested in, yeah, creating their life. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Tasha. Thank you. Well, thank you once again to Tasha. I had such a great time on our conversation. I learned a ton just hearing her story, hearing the multiple shifts she had to go through to get into this great life that she has today. I put references to all the books we talked about in the show notes for you to check out if you're interested in that. And also, just want to throw this out there, it was really fun hearing her reaction to a quote I found. It's kind of cool wowing somebody in their field for a change. Hey, if you also missed the workshop that was live last week, never fear, it lives on in my members portal. You can find it and sign up for it and view the recording at brittanygardner.com forward slash WWM, that stands for work with me. There's a workbook there. There's a few other bonus references for you to view so you can get your brand visuals up to the level that starts attracting clients you've always wanted to work with. 